Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. On today's episode of The Unwritten Rule, we have winning to talk about, believe it or not. Uh, not in basketball, again, uh, we'll get to that. But we're going to start with the Super Bowl because Nick Bolton's a champ. We're recording this on a Sunday night after the Super Bowl. So we're going to recap that. Um, we'll dive into it just to just to praise Nick Bolton and Blaine, of course. Um, and then we've got some uh, we've got some more football news to go over to Mizzou hiring a def- new defensive analyst. Um, we're going to talk some Kirby Moore stuff, too, because of the speculation with him and being linked to the Alabama job. So we'll give our take on that. Then we'll recap the Mississippi State game. Again, just kind of talk about the future because there's not much to talk about with the present. Um, then we'll do quick hits. We got Ken Sports Shorts, Dirty Sports Shorts, uh, Dirty Birds, and the fraud rankings, and then the ratio to finish things up. So great show. Glad we get to talk about uh, Nick Bolton being a winner again. So we'll dive into that. But first and foremost, a quick word from the sponsor Bet Online. Super Bowl's over. The Chiefs uh, are winning. So we hope you used Bet Online. Uh, for all your odds there, but they still have everything, football, basketball, uh, racing, if you want, soccer. They got all the sports, uh, all the odds, stats, and trends and lines, everything you need. Uh, bet Online is your number one source for all your championship wagering, all your game wagering. So head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. We used it for the Super Bowl lines. We're going to recap our bets that we made uh, on for Friday's show um, when we talk about Bolton and, and Gabbard and the Chiefs winning. So uh, if you need any lines, Go get them at Bet Online. The game starts there. Let's do our best beats by uh, Bet Online. Um, I'm starting the best beats of the week this week. I'm going uh, going to the NBA All Star Weekend. We have those festivities coming up um, in Indiana. I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to bet on the three point contest. I got my die. I, my die. My guy. What time is it, Kenny and Peyton? What time is it? It's Dame time. Broad rankings aren't right now. Uh huh. Uh, it's Dame time. I'm taking Dame plus 525 to win the three-point contest. I don't really know if he'll win it. You know, all depends on how hard they try. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be a homer. Give me Dame to win the three-point contest. It's about resume building at this point in the college basketball season, and I still believe in these Tigers. And this resume means a lot. Kansas <laughs> failed me last week. Kansas is not going to fail me this week. Going down to Lubbock, Texas, to take on the Red Raiders, Kansas plus two. Tigers. It's mid-major Monday, unless you're Jack and Kenny. Uh, but I'm going <laughs> to stick with the mid-majors. Um, and really, this is low-major basketball. Um, the Elon Phoenix, who, uh, if you didn't know, have a basketball team that Torrance Watson wants to play for. Um, they are going on the road to Maryland to play the Towson Tigers, who notably once went 1-26 in, in a season. Um so the Towson Tiger, this is some colonial athletic uh, action. Th- this is not the same Tigers that went 1-26 like tw- 12 years ago, though. They're 12-point favorites in this one, and you know what? I'm riding with it. Torrance Watson, no longer a Phoenix. I have been to numerous Elon Phoenix football games. Very lovely. They have a tradition where you get a piece of cardboard and slide down the hill into the concrete oh. brick barrier. It was a lot of fun. I probably have a lot of undiagnosed brain damage from doing it so often. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and roll with the Tigers here because um, one of the Tigers in, in the nation have to win. But what's the Torvik line? You normally, that's your normal mid-major Monday. Does, no, did Torvik influence I did one? something. I did something unique. Oh. No, of course I used Torvik. Torvik <laughs> okay, has this right. one as a has a 13-point line. Uh, so get this one while you can, folks, because it's not going to be uh, 12 for long when all of the action starts pouring in on Towson Elon, you can say that I was there first. I don't post predictions, folks. I post spoilers. <laughs> Peyton, you uh, you figured out that you never saw Shane Gillis play football, Elon, correct? Correct. I did not, unfortunately. Uh, when you told so me that cool. that one time, I genuinely, like, was like, oh my god, I definitely saw him. But the time that probably would have caused even more brain damage to you if you saw him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I probably yeah. would have. But I would have. No. I would have gone. I would have gone with Mid Major Monday with you, Peyton. But I, f- I felt the All Star Game was just a, uh, a unique thing this week. But I'll when be back to Mid Major Monday on. It's on the actual game. I think is Saturday. 
Okay. Yeah, so it's always no, Sunday. It's always Sunday. Thanks, Kenny. Um, Sunday, but I'm I, I figured I had to bet on some festivities. But with that, after my fake cutaway, here's the real cutaway. Let's get into the show. The unwritten rule starts right now. Attention. Everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule. Today is Monday, February 12th, and Nick Bolton is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion. The Kansas City Chiefs, you can see it by Kenny's hat if you're going on the YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube if you're... uh, um, watching there, he's got the champions hat, not the current one. I didn't order that already. Although I liked, I liked the current merch. They showed it. They did their classic. The Chiefs have just won the Super Bowl. They run by the merch now. Um, I thought the hat and the shirt were pretty cool. The little Vegas logo around the Chiefs. Um, that aside, Nick Bolton and Blaine Gabbert have won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. True Sons champions. Nick Bolton almost had a pick. That would have been that would have been electric. He obviously had the scoop and score. Um, I was hoping he was going to be able to top that. But, uh, yeah, fellas, I mean, Kansas City Chiefs champions, I'm sure most of the viewers of our show are pretty happy about that. Of course, Nick Bolton and Blaine with the Mizzou tie. But what a, what a game. Overtime with the new overtime rules. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah, very good game, uh, especially once Usher showed up. Just seemed to ignite everybody. Great yeah. halftime show, then a great second half, really. It was compelling, man. I was actually like, I had to work during it, but I mean, I was on the edge of my seat, so I was still able to watch it. And I was, I was like invested in it. Um, I love the new overtime rules. Honestly, it makes it feel a bit more chess matchy, um, which is kind of something I love in sports. It's like my favorite part about baseball is just kind of that it's a big chess match. So the overtime kind of made it feel a little more like that. But ah. Uh, no, I'm sorry to all the Chiefs fans that listen. I was not really rooting for you in this one. Uh, I, I appreciate Mahomes' greatness. It's just unbelievable to watch him at this point. But, man, I did not want them to win that game. The 49ers really, uh, you can't kick a field goal in overtime like that. That's just such a coward move. Didn't like that call. But And, and <laughs> that missed pick, Nolan, Bolton could have really used it. He did not have uh, – nearly yeah. the game he did last year he was playing pretty bad but yeah, um if we're, being, if we're taking our non-homer hat off it was, it was somewhat of a yeah last year he was amazing this year he was not very good um but you know what he got another ring he can hit another can i get a big old miz at the parade? i hope he does uh blaine gabbert i'm sure he did great with the clipboard um, well, I, I know that if you look at the, the full play in the film, everything that went down for Nick Bolton, you could say it wasn't the best, but he did lead the Super Bowl tackles for back-to-back years. And I think that's a pretty cool stat to look at for Nick Bolton. Last year against the Eagles, he had nine tackles in total. This year, he was tied actually with Fred Warner with 13. I think that's a pretty cool stat to throw in there. I know tackles um, can be miscued because they're total tackles, and he had eight assisted and five solo we still had the most solo tackles for the Chiefs this year, and that's pretty cool to see a guy staying in in the state that um, he went to uh, college in and already has two Super Bowl rings. Yeah, it's sick. I, I I just get excited. I've got the I bought this from like the NFL Players Association, so it's all like off brand. But look at the YouTube. Uh, I have like a Nick Bolton shirt, so I was I was done in that cheering for him. Um, I'm happy for the Chiefs. I I kind of like just watching Mahomes' greatness. I don't mind rooting for them with the amount of win, even with the amount of winning that they do. But I do get like the more they keep winning, the more everyone's going to start hating. Cause that's just how it is in sports. You want the dynasty to be dethroned. But I was thinking about this, like from a larger NFL context, I'm glad that we have like a new dynasty like that. It's the chiefs. I don't know. I, it's just like a fun organization to have to be don't. really good. Not really. I disagree. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I mean, you, you grew up in Kansas city, so you might not have, you know, and, and not as a huge fan. Yeah, and not as a Chiefs fan. So that's that's fair. But I don't know. I, I can appreciate it. Uh, the more important thing, fellas, is uh, our best beats of the week, or our fantastic four picks, rather, uh, have come to an end for the 2023-24 season. And speaking of dynasties, uh, one continued amongst ourselves. Peyton, 
congratulations with the yep. record of 48 yep. 36 yep thanks four. thanks that's enough that's all i need uh yep guys many. the dynasty is here four time four time four time four time nfl picks champion this time we threw the spreads in the mix only four picks a week and they still couldn't catch me i fended off all the doubts kenny made the tied it up going into championship week it didn't matter there was only one person that could have walked out of those out of this whole debacle with that t- title and that's me i'm still the picks champ better luck next year you two yeah um this was the closest year it's been uh, i'm i'm glad we did we did drop it down to four games back on the radio days uh, oh we did God. every single game each week and i don't even want to go back and look at all those records and all those games we were we, we were had to go at. like it would it would like run up against our ending time sometime. We'd have to like fly through them and just pick every single game. But yeah, congrats, Peyton. I'm proud of myself. I finished 46, 38, and four. That's the best year I probably ever had. So you know, Dude came close last, and he's proud of himself. You know what? Baby steps were the, the standards are just different on the other sides of the screen. Let me tell you. Yeah, gracious winner, you are. You Hell think no, you'd get I'm not. At it. No way. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess, yeah, he can keep talking. We have to keep it in, but we'll see what happens in year five. But, uh, yeah, congrats, Peyton. The spreads we had, uh, it was Niners minus two. Me and Peyton both got that pick right. We picked the Chiefs. Kenny, uh, your your Niners did not win. You didn't have very much faith in the pick when we did that. Um, I flipped it immediately because it was yeah. going to be completely the same as Peyton. We needed something different. Yeah, you you had to you had to well, make the, the choice. So. Uh, pick was different. Um, yeah, I don't remember then why we had to switch it but we did well because hey, you, you would have at best been able to only tie me that's the problem yeah he wanted to go for the win i respect it um i would have gone four for four but i picked the alternate line chiefs minus seven and a half and they won by five so i didn't hit that but the unders did oh hit God. which all three of us bet on the 40 54 and a half line which you know i i mean the 47 and a half line also hit and that one was at least close and neither of them looked any close in the first half of that that game so I'm glad it went to overtime and we got some more drama to it. But overall, congrats to the Chiefs. Congrats to Nick Bolton. And congrats to me. Um, One last thing on this. You know what? It was a very good competition this year. I was sweating out that overtime, man, because I was like, for whatever reason, I was like, oh, my God, if the under hits, Kenny's going to beat me. But then I remembered he didn't pick the Chiefs. So uh, good job, you guys. You You made it very interesting this year. I mean, uh, uh, Bolton, you could have even won it. Uh, Normally it is a wash. So we're getting Mm -hmm. better. Maybe we'll catch Peyton in year five. We'll have some more games. I don't know. Maybe we'll throw some some mix-up bets in there to try and throw him off his rhythm. I don't know. But regardless, the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. Any any other moments in that game we uh, want to highlight that were just wild? Kenny ate 20 wings, apparently. (laughs) I think think we have to make that public. Save that for later. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, halftime show is good. I oh yeah, we can evaluate take, that right now. I didn't. Usher is not in the fraud rankings. He did. He yeah, did. no, no, that was a very good halftime show. The CBS sound system could maybe be in the fraud rankings because Usher's mic was a little quiet, but made up for it. Especially the second, it was kind of like the Super Bowl. The first half was a little slow, and it really picked up at the end. Uh, good halftime show. Everyone seemed to like the commercials. I did, I don't pay too close attention. Oh yeah, to do we have that often? Uh, the Carl Weathers one was nice. That, that was, was nice. my favorite. Do you have a favorite Kenny commercial? Um, I think the Baja Blast one was a lot of fun. I just was funny and catchy. Yeah, I, I think there just wasn't like too many like ones that like stood out to me this year. I there guess. wasn't so one I had that to stole keep the show. Back. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of feeling. Sometimes they kind of toe the line with like making an inappropriate joke or mm-hmm. um to to the point that it shouldn't be on TV. And then those ones are usually funnier to me, especially when I get older. I just, I think the Baja Blast one with Aubrey Plaza was my favorite. That was a good one. I liked the Nicola Bolter one that had Messi and Jason Sudeikis from Ted Lasso. That one was fun. But I'm a soccer guy, so that, you know. That, I read a tweet that he wouldn't speak English in, in when they were filming it. He that, said he didn't want to speak English. That, that was... makes sense. Yeah, that's very him. That's very, he doesn't like to do it if he can help it. So I'm glad they didn't let him. I'm also a Nicola Bolter fan, so no free, no free ads, but good commercial. Um, all right, yeah, we'll have we'll have some more Super Bowl content later on, probably in the fraud rankings. But uh, yeah, 
Congrats to Nick Bolton. Congrats to Blaine Gabbert. Congrats to the Chiefs. Hope you Chiefs fans are enjoying the evening. Shout out Gerard Hamilton from Power Mizzou. It's his 25th birthday, and he's a Chiefs fan. They won on his birthday, so that would have been a sour thing if they didn't. But speaking of Gerard, who covers Mizzou football, we'll segue to that. We have one big thing to talk about, but first let's touch on uh, Jacob Yoro, the new hire. Um, he's coming in as a defensive analyst. Um, he was at Hawaii for seven seasons in a couple roles. Um, I I know he was there a little bit, uh, briefly briefly touched or had ties with Corey Batoon when they were both there. He was the outside linebackers uh, coach at Hawaii in 2019, and then he also coached uh, the Nickelbacks in 2018. Uh, when Batoon was there. So they have some intersection, maybe his kind of doing, but uh, yeah, Jacob Yoro, any thoughts uh, on him? I will spoil this. He was not, never at Arkansas state. So our streak of talking about coaches that were there is broken. That's a bummer, but um, yeah, I don't, I mean, obviously more of a defensive analyst type. It's nice to get a guy that was a defensive coordinator at the group of five level to maybe take a bit of a demotion. Uh, but yeah, I obviously don't know much about this guy other than the fact that, like you mentioned, um, he was he has ties with Batoon, so that makes sense. Uh, get some familiarity familiarity there uh, in the staff. Coach safeties as well. Um, I don't know where his priorities will be as a defensive analyst, uh, where his mindset will be and what his duties will be, but uh, I think that's kind of interesting um, just to see with – Blake Baker moving on to LSU and Blake Baker actually is not even coaching safeties anymore at LSU. It's Jake Olson's job uh, just to kind of keep a position that maybe, you know, straight away from how good it was in 2022 into 2023 had a kind of a rough start, but there's still a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Even with Jalen Carly's gone, a couple of freshmen coming into year two and Philip Roche, who saw a couple of um, different looks as, you know, a blitzer, even in the secondary, just one guy wanted to throw out there. Uh, we'll see how that one kind of works out. Yeah, I meant to mention that off the top, too. I feel like that's the most interesting note is that most recently at Hawaii, he worked with the safeties. Um, we obviously don't know right now like what Corey Batoon's going to all dish out, but they do need to fill a hole there, and that was Blake Baker's specialty. So maybe bringing in a guy to help Batoon, who has some familiarity with him and clearly has some familiarity with coaching the secondary. So I think it's a good hire. I mean, some some reinforcements, I think, it, I think the nicest thing is that he coached safeties and he worked with Batoon at Hawaii. Was not at Arkansas State, though. I'm bummed that streak. I'm bummed that streak got broken. There's the pipeline there in Houston. Those are those are Mizzou's two favorite pipelines. Um, staying on the coaching stuff, though, this is the, the I think, kind of big thing and very worrying thing if you want to go there as a Mizzou fan, which is, of course, the Kirby Moore rumors. I want to preface that they are all rumors right now. We don't know um, what's going to happen, but Obviously, he's he's now kind of being linked to the new to the now vacant Alabama offensive coordinator job. Uh, this is because um, Alabama's recently hired offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb decided to go take the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator job. When when that happened, like and now with Kirby Moore being linked to it, I just keep going back to what Gabe told us when he come when he came on, which is like when it comes to recruiting and coaches. Nothing is ever final until you like see them in a jersey or like on the practice field because, you know, Ryan Grubb literally went to Alabama, didn't even watch a practice and then went and took a different job. And now, you know, Kirby Moore, who like, you know, he's he's signed deals. He's not been at Mizzou long, is linked to another new job. Um, What's y'all's take kind of on that? I have some read into like what Alabama maybe could do, but, you know, obviously not a great thing to hear given that Baker was gone. It would be, you know, I would think pretty panic stations if they lose both coordinators. Um, yeah, it would be time to panic a bit if uh, they were to lose Kirby Moore. Uh, because odds are you, you don't lose both your coordinators and get better on each side of the ball. Um, that just doesn't really happen. Um, and look, it's not, this is not like Blake Baker to LSU. Like, there's ties between DeBoer and Kirby Moore, obviously, from their Fresno State days. That's where all these – this is why Kirby Moore's name is being floated. But, I mean, nobody has concretely said, like, they want Kirby Moore. Like, it's just people mm-hmm. saying, this guy makes sense. Like, within, like, the first day of LSU's job being open, like, I remember the Matt Zenitz, uh Brandon Marcello report, like, 
Blake Baker was, had emerged as a leading candidate. There's nothing like that out there for Kirby Moore. There hasn't really been any anything other than Alabama fans and Alabama writers doing just some connecting of the dots. But boy, oh boy, man, we talked about how when they lost Baker, like that would probably free up the money because they probably weren't going to spend as much on DC. But if if that's if that's what it's going to take, you kind of have to splurge, do whatever it takes to keep Kirby Moore. You cannot lose Kirby Moore this late in the cycle, and especially after losing Blake Baker. Man, does it suck to win? Oh, that's the bet. The thing I took, <laughs> I really took away from it: winning the Cotton Bowl, getting eleven wins. Um, puts a lot of attention towards you, and that's what it did for Blake Baker. LSU fired four defensive staffers on the field and went in conference and stole the best defensive coordinator around, uh, someone who had one of the best seasons and held a, a team to three points in the Cotton Bowl. Ohio State team uh, had a pretty good season. Uh, for Kirby Moore to leave, that would just be even worse. And you know, I think even people were throwing Drinkwitz's name out there when there was some uncertainty of who was going to take the job at Alabama. And uh, just this is just what happens. And it's 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 frustrating, I bet, for a lot of fans. And you know, we have no idea if Kirby Moore will even be offered the job, or even if you look into it, just what we've been seeing and what we've been reading. That's why we bring it up. The one thing that just always sucks as well when when you look at it from a you know team standpoint is. You know, what coaches would he bring with him? Jack, you'd probably know this a little bit more about what the openings are uh, on the offensive staff, because uh, I think an um, offensive line coach followed uh, Grubb back to the Correct. back to Seattle with the Seahawks. You know, I don't you know, I don't think that that's something that will happen for the Tigers, but it's just always just a thing to just worry about because you saw Kevin Peoples and Jake Olson. Jake Olson wasn't in a coaching spot, more of an analyst to those guys leaving the program with Blake Baker. Yeah, I think you you two you both of you make a very good point to preface all of it is that it's not as concrete right now as Blake Baker was. I do think that's an important thing to note. But you're right, Kenny. Yeah, I don't know what Kirby Moore would do if he left in terms of other coaches he would bring, but that offensive line role is open um as well cuz Scott Huff, who was Alabama's uh, offensive line coach, also went with Grub to Seattle. What I can offer, which I I feel like you know, Missouri fans might find this information valuable is like what Alabama might look into doing and what kind of their options are. And if where Kirby Moore stands with that, the other thing that's been talked about is, uh, Kalen DeBoer, Alabama's coach promoting, um, Jamarcus Shepard and Nick Sheridan, who are the wide receiver and tight ends coach to possibly being co-offensive coordinators, um, because they both worked with DeBoer at Washington. They know the offense, um, already, and to be honest, in my opinion, the longer it stretches out to where we're not hearing Kirby Moore as an outright candidate or nothing's been put on the table, the more I think that is what's going to happen. Because just like Mizzou would be in a, a panic situation to replace Kirby Moore, I think Alabama, if they really want him, would want to get him in pretty damn quickly if they need to teach him the offense in a month before spring camp starts and they need to teach it to the players. So that's an option. Um, Nick Sheridan, the tight ends coach, work with DeBoer. He's coached quarterbacks, which is another thing Alabama needs to fill because um, that's what Ryan Grubb did as well. Um, so that's kind of the other option there. Um, I haven't seen too many guys other than Kirby Moore in terms of outside hires, but I, I think that internal thing is kind of the main um, competition between whether they do that or bring Kirby Moore in. Um, I don't think they know quite yet, in my opinion, like I said, I think it's, you know, that becomes more likely the longer this goes where Kirby, we aren't hearing anything on that front, anything getting stronger. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the more I kind of think about it too, you know, taking a guy with you, I, I wanted to jump back in on that. I, if for the offensive line position, I don't think Brandon Jones is leaving with Kirby Moore. Um, right. his ties are to drink, which drink, got him on staff before. Um, I guess not before, but I think it was before Kirby Moore joined, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, is after, but I'm still at the same time. It was like around the same. Yeah, time. yeah, because it was Houston thing. Yeah, still at the right. same time. I I think that's a that's a drink with Sky through and through. And for Kevin Peoples, you kind of look at that. He had the ties to Louisiana, got back to the state that he he knew kind of a little bit better than Missouri, and followed him to probably a program that's 
I mean, has, has better history. So I wouldn't be worried about that if that does come down the line that Curry Moore is looking to leave or looking at that position. Yeah, um, I agree. And again, you know, it'll be, I mean, it's fluid. Like I, the coaching stuff is just crazy. It's such, it's been such a wild off season for just like coaching searches and stuff. Like Kenny, you always joke that like we've kind of learned that, you know, we're relatively young and covering football, but like, it just never ends. The season just never ends um, no matter what month it is, but yeah, we'll keep an eye on things again. Um, I'll also say, you know, from seeing what Alabama fans have been saying, they, they would actually be pretty happy if Kirby Moore comes through the door. That doesn't, you know, make a difference whether they hire him or not, but does speak to how good of a coach he is and how much Mizzou would obviously, you know, like to, to keep him and how much we would like to keep him around. Um, as well. But yeah, I think that's kind of the main thing. Alabama needs a guy who can coach quarterbacks. Uh, their tight ends coach did that in the past. He's been with DeBoer. Um, the other thing about Kalen DeBoer's offense too, is like, it's his offense. It wasn't Ryan Grubbs. So I, I don't know. I, th I think that is also impactful because it seems like Kalen DeBoer uh, would be willing if it comes down to it, to call plays on the sideline and be, be kind of the play caller. So I don't know if like, that might lean against if he, if he doesn't necessarily need a guy like Kirby Moore to come in and do that for him. If he's, he's already kind of more of an offensive mind, he's comfortable doing that himself. Um, so that could weigh against it too, but that's the info. Take it for what it, for what it is. I think, yeah, the main synopsis right now is that it's not as concrete that he's emerged as a candidate as Blake Baker was when he left, but it's certainly something to keep an eye on. We'll keep an eye on it as well. I, I was going to look into like, if he does leave, possible replacements but i think we just save that for if it becomes more um of a possibility because i don't want to one scare anybody into like i don't, I don't want kirby more to leave <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to think about a, a kirby more spoiler alert world. it would probably not be as good as kirby Moore. <laughs> no yeah no matter who it would be but yeah we'll keep an eye on it um and just and just see what uh see what kind of emerges on on both fronts it's just coaching Coaching is wild. There is nothing. There's nothing concrete when everyone's like, but they signed a contract, but they did this. No, they didn't. If they want to leave, if they like a different job better, they're going to take it. Look at what Ryan Grubb just did. So, um, yeah, that's that's probably if I don't know. You guys have any final thoughts on that before we segue to, to basketball? Uh, I would probably just hope that Mizzou pays whatever it takes to keep Kirby Moore. Make him the highest paid coordinator in yeah. there you go hey they just got a uh maybe they pull some of that donation from the nil fund throw it at Winter Kirby Moore. i don't know little little bonus maybe envelope mcdonald's bag full of money tennessee style was it tennessee that did that who's the who's the mcdonald's bags full of money is that is it tennessee? Jeremy Pruitt. Tennessee. yeah um that's right well we'll keep an eye out uh let's segue and whew, talk about another loss to mizzou men's basketball 75-51, Tigers drop to Mississippi State. I'm going to come out uh, fully admitting off the bat, I didn't watch this game. I didn't watch this game. I had a friend celebrating a birthday. Normally, I would prioritize the Tigers almost uh, anything over anything else, but I said this game will probably go how every other game pretty much does, and it did. Would you look at that? So don't think I missed much. I, I've gathered a lot of what happened from reading, so I have stuff to add. What the hell happened this time, guys? Uh, I only watched the second half because I was working. Um, <laughs> quite frankly, there's no real reason to tune in. It's the same thing. This team's past the point of trying to even be competitive. I mean, they've quit. They're, they're totally – they've rolled over. Like, they're going to probably go 0-18. There's no real fight at this point. Uh, they kind of had a nice little flurry at the end of the first half, from what I've seen, uh, to make it a four-point game. And then it was over within two minutes of the second half. Uh, yeah, they're bad. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew that. They're pretty goddamn terrible at playing basketball. And uh, I don't have takeaways that are any different from the last 15 games or whatever. Um, hey, I got a couple. I, I watched a good amount of this game. Uh, I'm, I'm a little Sorry. bit more of a fan of these games when they're around like the 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock tips on Saturday get late into Saturday night. I'm not going to give you much attention, especially where this scene is in. It's gone. Wore the new yellow jerseys. 
Um, maybe that was probably the one plus, but only Nick Honor was the only guy on the floor for the Tigers to make a three in this game. Three from 18 um, from deep is it's just bad. Uh, you heard the announcers talk a lot about Nick Honor trying to get back into that rhythm, find where he was last season, just continue to take shots. He went three for seven. Just no one was making it from deep, and it, it never really felt like the Tigers were in reach, even when it was 30 to 26 at halftime. Just a terribly low scoring game as well uh, for the Tigers, especially just in the first half, 30 to 26. Uh, 45 to 25, Mississippi State took full control in the second half. I thought Mavor would, would get some more run. Um, it didn't, I guess it was more than the last two times that they faced Mississippi State. I did mention, you know, with him on the floor. Thought it would look work a little bit better against Tolu Smith because uh, I mean, he was playing a lot more minutes, played 19 against Vanderbilt and 13 against Texas A&M. I thought they were kind of preparing him for more run in each game. Got on the floor for 11 minutes, didn't take any shots, had a block in this game. Uh, that's all I really have from this one. Didn't really um, help stop Tolu Smith either, by the way. Yeah, he's still. I think he's still at a double-double. Um, I have a couple stats that I, I read um, that – Shout out to Drew King for for bringing these to my attention. Um, Mississippi State had 15 steals. Mizzou had 20 turnovers total. Aiden Shaw and Connor Vanover, the only two players to not have a turnover. Uh, Mizzou shot three for 18 from three. And then I think you mentioned that four-point uh, gap, Peyton. Um, Mississippi State at one point went on a 17-2 run to make it a 50-30 to uh, ball game. Um I heard the transition defense was really bad. You mentioned the giving up, Peyton. Like it just looked like this team just didn't want to run back on. on How defense. do you have bad transition defense against Mississippi State, who plays the most archaic, boring style of offense in the conference? No. Like that's so bad. Um, I had a I had another stat. Oh my gosh, did I delete it? Wait. Oh yeah, I found it. Um. This one, this one felt pretty damning. Uh, Nick Honor and Tamar Bates, between them, uh, took or made seven shots and had ten turnovers uh, between the two of them. So pretty bad. Tamar Bates, in particular, took like a it just it was a an, an atypical Tamar Bates game because even you know sometimes you can look at a stat line and be pretty impressed. Uh, pretty much did nothing. You know, 11, 11 points, three for eleven from the field, uh, six rebounds. I'll also just while we're on Tamar Bates, I'll address uh, one part of a comment we got on the YouTube um, Tamar Bates has been putting up good numbers. I, I can tell you right now, there's, there's no chance uh, he will go off to the NBA after this season. I don't really care if he's unless it's like Dalton connect plus for the last six games. Even then I doubt it. Um, he has some, I think actually pretty major question marks on defense. This Mississippi state game really highlighted those um, also just as a scorer like he really needs the ball in his hands to score. You know, he, he doesn't offer you a whole lot off ball. Like he can catch and shoot fine, but you know, that's, that's not how he runs in Mizzou's defense. And that's not an ideal kind of NBA wing for the way he plays um, there. There's leaps he'll have to make. Can he get there? Maybe. Um, but I wanted to touch on that. Just kill I read about it. Um, anything else? <laughs> Nope, they're bad, man. I yeah, uh, it doesn't matter anymore. It really doesn't. Yeah. Matter. Oh, yeah. We 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 should look at the future too. We want to take a look at the the scholarship chart for for next season. Just to segue, this team is going zero and eighteen. Also, this was also something Gabe tweeted because the discourse is just going to keep getting louder as they keep losing. This team is going to go winless. Dennis Gates is not going to get fired for it. Nope. Carry on. I think that's they what cannot it cannot afford it. Forward. Like yeah, just they, straight up can't. They won't. Dennis will not be fired after this season, no matter how much you want or don't want it, for that matter. Um, yeah, they stink. Scholarship chart for next season. This is a, I think, an important thing to revisit. Um, following guys are done after this year. They have no more eligibility. Um, it is Sean East, John Tanjay, though he can come back with the uh, the medical red shirts. So he's he's an exception. So Sean East, Nick Honor, Noah Carter. Um, Caleb Grill is also a slightly weird one. They they are saying, you know, Dennis has. If he comes back and plays one minute, he's done. He's he's done. Yeah, uh, Jesus Carolero is done. Connor Vanover is done. Um, twenty twenty five is Tamar Bates and Kurt Lewis. So Kurt Lewis can come back for another season. 
2026 Aiden Shaw. He's the only sophomore on the on the roster. Yeah, paid. I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. 2027's the three freshmen: Anthony Robinson, Trent Pearson, Jordan Butler, and then 2028 are the guys incoming. That's uh, T.O. Barrett, Marcus Allen, Peyton Marshall, Trent Burns, and Ann Arbotang. Um, Peyton, I I want to go to what you we talked about off air first, which is pretty much everybody bar. And maybe even include. I would some take of the away freshmen. bar. I would okay, take away much bar everybody, on everyone on this on the roster. Okay, I guess bar Tamar Bates. Nope. I would say not even. You, I don't even think Tamar Bates. Like if, for like, look, nine ninety nine times out of a hundred, you're probably going to want him on the team next year. I can see a way though that you maybe want to just completely raise everything about the team. I would yeah. not say it's impossible. Jesus Carolero, I did not know he was out of eligibility this year. Hallelujah. Okay. Fittingly enough, hallelujah for Jesus. Um, he needed to go. Kurt Lewis, that's – get it. No. He can have that last year somewhere else. Uh, Aiden Shaw, that's someone I, – I just don't think the growth is there. You're going to be under pressure to win next year. Don't think you have time to wait around. Uh the freshmen, I would say the freshmen are probably safe, but I would say if you see an upgrade out there and you're running low on roster spots, maybe you pick one and you move on because you're, you're kind of you got to win more, a lot more next year. Like you need to be in the six to ten range in the SEC. I would say for for people to feel good about where this is going, the freshmen need to look a lot better than this year's freshmen. Um, those are basically just my quick thoughts on that. That was something I wanted to bring up last time. And I totally forgot to is, you know, we have, we haven't, we haven't been in a position to where we see a freshman jump ship with the same coach still at the helm. Uh, you saw two freshmen jump ship when Conzo Martin was fired and it's, it's a little bit different now. And, you know, we heard a lot about Trent Pierce. Uh, Drew King told us about it. The staff was very excited about what he could bring. I'm just, you know, really haven't seen it ups and downs, some injuries, sicknesses that have held him out at the same time. Like Peyton said, if somebody's out there, you know, maybe, maybe they, they do jump and then there's the tigers go elsewhere with it. Someone that's on here. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Kato was also on there. Cause it's three. So that's uh Brazil, Brookshire, Kata. Um, At the same time, I know someone brought up uh, in our comments from Board Mayak, he's not on scholarship. I believe last year he was handed a scholarship because there was was an extra at the time, but he is no longer on scholarship. Also on this list we're looking at from Gabe on Power Mizzou uh, with the scholarships, uh, Caleb is not uh, on here, but Caleb Brown is still under scholarship for next season, and that's another guy that the Tigers could free open a spot um, if they choose to in the transfer portal. Yeah, I think the thing like that, like Peyton, we were texting about this just off air, like it should it's going to there's going to be a couple, I think, hard conversations that it feels like have to be had. Like, I I don't know. I, and, and maybe this is this is foolish because I feel like Dennis is worrying about his own job security now. But I feel like it's it's hard for me to envision the type of coach that Dennis is to say, you know, you need to you need to go as much as it needs to be said to someone like Kurt Lewis or Caleb Brown. It's hard to imagine, but uh, I mean, geez, man, don't yeah, assemble a, a roster that goes 0 and 18, and you won't have to have those conversations. I mean, and it won't just be a straight up you need to leave. It would just yeah. be like a straight up like I think you're probably best served looking elsewhere type of thing. But I mean, geez, man, I mean, you can't come back next year with guys like. Kurt Lewis on the roster. Like that just is not something you can roll with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think if we're, if we're looking at, you know, numbers then with Sean East being gone, Nick honor, Noah Carter, let's just say for the sake of it, Caleb grill goes, um, Carolero goes, Vanover goes that's six spots. If you get, you know, Lewis and Shaw to transfer, um, you know, that's eight guys out the door. Um, you, you yeah, can fill. Yeah, but you can fill, you can plug, you can fill all eight of those spots with the freshmen, the five in 2028, and then the sophomores uh, or the rising sophomores that are coming in. Um, so, you know, you're realistically like you're talking maybe 
what, three to four available transfer spots, you know, say a Caleb grill maybe comes back or Caleb Brown comes back or Kurt Lewis comes like if one or two of those combined guys would, yeah, that would be a, that'd be a reasonable, like rough estimate, right? It's like three to four spots you're maybe looking at in the portal. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of why I almost think I wouldn't bring back someone like John Tante and someone like Caleb Grill. Like, maybe if they were a bit better, you can bring back the uh, Tanje in particular just because he was a very good player at Colorado State, but he was a shell of himself this year. I just I don't know if you can count on him having a bounce back. I don't know if you can count on anyone on this roster currently giving you something really valuable for next year other than maybe Tamar Bates. And even like recently, Tamar Bates has been a bit inefficient. He's been a little turnover prone. Teams have really keyed in on him. Maybe that's because when Sean East isn't on the floor, he's like the and sometimes Nick Honor hitting a three, like he's the only one that can give you any scoring. But I don't know, man. There's so many holes. I just don't know if you can rely on someone like John Tanjay coming back next year. I could maybe even call it a gamble almost just because we haven't seen Dennis Gates and his staff land any big-time transfers. And if you're not going to have experience, you're not going to have guys coming in that are going to make a big difference, maybe you keep a guy like John Tanjay around for a little bit longer just to see if you can replace him. I know that's kind of a tough thing to do, but you got to keep him around just in case. And the more I look at it, I think there's only three spots. Uh, I think you're you're keeping those three freshmen, uh, the rising sophomores. You're bringing those five, and for the people that don't know, it's at thir- you have 13 scholarships. Yeah, you thir- I should have said that. Yeah, and so you get Tamar Bates, Aiden Shaw. That's 10 right there. Mm-hmm. I I think you're looking at three, uh, probably tw- probably two if if you keep John Tondre. Uh, yeah, but- there there is one other thing to consider, and Dennis Gates has himself alluded to this. Um, it's that you don't necessarily have to be capped by that scholarship count. Uh, Dennis Gates has mentioned you can get creative in getting other guys on the floor. Like there, there was talk about maybe having Isaiah Mosley come back, not on scholarship, but just having NIL pay for his school, basically. Like that was yeah. a discussion I, I remember Mizzou fans having. Didn't wind up happening, obviously, but it is something – I will say on the transfer thing, we have seen Dennis Gates bring in impact guys. I mean, I would count Demoy Hodge, even though he brought him in from where he coached before. DeAndre Golston did have a very big impact. Um, so I would say they have shown it. Tamar Bates has been a hit mostly. I just I don't see a way you can go into the offseason with only two or three scholarships open, though. Like, you need to really turn this thing over i was saying more of this past year um because you saw it, he brought in everyone right. that he could but this was his first true off season uh, as the coach uh, after a very successful year and he had all this success behind him and didn't draw right. anyone in that's where i was talking about yeah. it that now you're going into an off season with a excuse my language but a shittier situation uh than it was last <laughs> year you a shittier season behind you and not a great track record to show to these guys that are in the transfer portal. Yeah. I think the, the 13 number, you know, yeah, I think you make a good point where you can get creative with that, but to Kenny, to your point, it's more like, you don't want to worry about that from a rotational perspective. I mean, you're going to have eight young guys, five rookies and three still unproven kids that you may be trying or trying to get something out of, you know, you already have them taking up spots. And then, you know, if you're trying to make 15 people work, that you know you want to get involved in a lot and like four of those guys are veterans but they're new like that's a lot to work in so yeah you hope you would hope i think that they go in uh with more spots available is kind of the, the overarching point i make on tanjay too i i'm on i'm on kenny's side i think with that i'm willing to treat it just as like a brand new transfer um you know with the I guess with the kind of incentive, if you want to call it that, that Dennis said he was the most, or he was the best player over the summer when they were playing against an 0 and 18 team in practice every game. So I guess how much of incentive that really is, I guess none, but I'm willing to look at it like a new transfer. He brought him in really early in the spring last year. So he clearly liked something about him. Um, So, you know, I, maybe that that'll be, I'll come to regret that a year from now. if he's, if he's kind of clogging up a spot, but 
yeah, it's it's you're hoping he goes in with like three to four, but it could wind up being, you know, less if if someone like an Aiden Shaw or Kurt Lewis or Caleb Brown opt to come back. And 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 again, I, but I think you're right, Payne, like Dennis should operate, which is trying to get as many guys as he can. I would, I would also say, it. like, we, we are saying like eight sophomore and freshmen coming in. I mean, like. A, the three freshmen this year, soon to be sophomores, have not been very good. Like, so there's that part to consider. And the five guys you're bringing in next year, they're not one and done types. Like, right. Anor Boateng is maybe the closest thing to that. Um, and he's not going to be one and done. So there's probably going to be two, maybe three of them that come in and don't play a whole lot right away. So I, it's just very tricky. I mean, it's just in the new age of college athletics in general. That it, this is just a tried and true example. If you have one bad portal cycle, it can totally ruin everything you're trying to build because, I mean, they whiffed on Caden Shedrick they, and wound up with Vanover. They whiffed on Matthew Cleveland, only wound up with Carolero. They didn't get Caleb Love. And Mar Bates has been good, but, I mean, they don't really play. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would say they're kind of the same thing. It's just there. It's a very tricky situation, and I think, like you guys both said, you don't want to lose a lot of your young guys that you're hoping to be the foundation in the future. But hey, you're kind of going to be caught in a numbers game. There's a good chance you maybe do see something like that happen. Yeah, um, and I think overall the summary of this is no matter what you have in terms of availability, you go after whoever you can and you make the scholarship numbers work later. And, you know, maybe you're upfront with the kids about that, but like you have to, you have to, I mean, absolutely blow, like just go off in the portal. You need to, you cannot with again, like you just like the players you just named Peyton. I mean, it's, it was, it was guy after guy after guy last year of just, you know, nope, close but no cigar and then they end up having success uh elsewhere i mean shoot jimmy bell jr plays for mississippi state was a guy that 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 mizzou wanted an anchor kind of bruiser center that i think that i think this team would have loved to have um over maybor for how how much maybor you know tries and has some good moments not as you know established at a high level so they will have some spots. I think they're going to, they're going to play, they're going to play the portal and they should play the portal. Like they have more spots than maybe they do. And hopefully that works out. Hopefully you have a, if anything, an overloaded roster that you just try and make work later. Cause you're right about the young guys. You can't depend on, on those freshmen for big minutes off the bat. They're just not going to be able to, to give it to you. Look at the guys this year. I mean, they've been thrown into the fire and I mean, as good as they are, potential wise, haven't, haven't responded. Right? Yeah. They've been bad. Yeah. No way. It's a mess. This, this will get more of a fun conversation when I think the portal actually opens and we get some, we get some names that are kind of exciting to like, look for like, Oh, Mizzou should target this. Who's your um UAB guy, Peyton. Oh God. He's, he's got a portal, fun but... name. Let me tell you. Um, his name is Yaxel that I do. Yaxel Lendenborg. Okay. This guy is tailor-made for Dennis Gates, okay? He's a former Juco guy, first of all. Boom. There you go, Dennis. This guy is 6'9", so he can kind of slot in maybe those forward spots. Maybe he can give you some minutes at the five. Dennis Gates loves positionless basketball, okay? So this guy can slide into, like, three different spots. He averages 12.3 points a game and 10 rebounds a game. Dennis Gates, if you can hear me, Get Yaxel Lindenborg in black and gold and white and whatever. Get him to Columbus. Get him. Don't don't talk to anybody else before you talk to this guy. Get Yaxel Lindenborg. See, uh, I wish Jim Beheim left Syracuse one year earlier and Joseph Girard went to Clemson oh, one year earlier. <laughs> Joseph Girard in. A Mizzou jersey would be my favorite thing ever. Unfortunately, it won't happen. That's the only guy that came, came to my mind just because I loved him at Syracuse. And he's a Clemson guy. And Dennis Gates yeah. loves <laughs> his Clemson guards. 
the see this is why this is fun because Peyton especially will will go gaga once the portal opens. He'll find he'll find guys and he's going to report them to us. So that's a good preview for how it's going to be um you know for the off season for men's basketball. We're just going to be finding guys and just being like we want this dude, we want this dude. Like we're going to have a Missouri the former future Missouri Tigers like yeah. mantra is going to go crazy. Dennis Gates and the staff, they reach out to literally everyone in the portal. So we'll have like 50 targets a day to read off. So, yeah. Yeah. It'll be great lists. It'll be great list season. Maybe we'll, maybe I'll make a graphic to be like, here's who we talked to this week and how much we like them. We'll rank them. I don't know. Anything to just talk about not the on-court product and get hopeful that this can turn around Um, because we, we all like Dennis Gates. I mean, like he's a great coach. He's obviously a great guy. Yeah, they like his players love playing for him. So I don't know. <laughs> I hope it works. Um, hopefully that's a, a little bit more illumination on the scholarship situation. Meantime, we will uh, continue to reflect on these losses. Tigers do not have a game until next Saturday. Bless. They have what their bye week. Like? Next Saturday, I think, is Old Miss Part 1. So, so sad. I used to know twice. like the – the month in advance last year, like I would remember the opponents. Now I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, a, <laughs> it's a brutal time, but with that, you know, we'll, we'll just keep an eye on names. It is just think of names. Everyone right now, go watch mid-major basketball, watch whoever, and just identify people you want. Start spamming them on Twitter, whatever. Just start getting the attention of like who and don't bring it. Comment any slew guys, please do not comment any slew guys. I'm not interested in anyone from the Billikens. Good note. Uh, with that, we'll move on. We'll finish the show. Say Terrence to Hargrove Jr. Okay. Finish off the Super Bowl uh, recap show. That's what I'm calling this. To I don't know. We got to put Super Bowl in the title. It's good SEO, Kenny. Uh, we'll finish off with quick hits. You got Ken Sports shirts. Is it Super Bowl related? It is Super Bowl related, Jack. Oh, oh I uh, knew thank it. you for asking. Uh, I'm not going to include Nick Bolton in this. Tucker cause... McCann. <laughs> uh, Tucker McCann was mentioned in a group chat earlier with our friends today, but that's not who this is about. Uh, we're looking at Mizzou, uh, Mizzou alum who have started in the last, or I guess not the last, but uh, in I mean Super Bowls dating back to 1999. And there are Boy. five. So there are five Mizzou Tigers that have started in Super Bowls since 1999. And we're going to start in 1999 uh, with Mike Jones. I just gave it away. So, I yeah, am I so say, tired. Are we naming it's the so team? late. I was going to say, it, are we the teams here? Uh, it is very late. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to jump to 2001. That was the only one I knew, too, because Mike Jones made the tackle. Yeah, Famous Al Michaels I'm, call. It's a twelve thirty. And yeah, it's tired. And don't say we it. don't do good things for you guys. We didn't want yeah. to wait to do the re- um, to talk about the Super Bowl. Well, I missed it. Okay, so it's five since two thousand and one. Mike Jones would have been six if we were going to nineteen ninety nine. I'm excluding Nick Boy. Bolton, as I just said. Uh, this is a cornerback for the New England Patriots in two thousand one. Peyton, you mentioned this guy. You said this guy. We were talking about. Um, oh wait, we were talking about something. And you mentioned no, I, I I don't think I know who it is. This is going to be not, a drowsy. Roger Worley was in the '60s, so it's not him. Uh, What's his initials? OS. <laughs> oh, I don't know actually. Yeah. Oliver okay. Simonson. We might have some listeners that would have got this, but it was cornerback Otis Smith. No, uh, no, no That's way. That's not who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, sorry. <laughs> We're going to jump to 2012, uh, actually 2013 for the Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers. Tigers had two relatively easy. Yeah. And the second one. Um, 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 Alden. Correct. Oh, yeah. yeah good Alden. job. Good Alden call. and Justin yeah, yeah. Smith. Uh, God, Alden jump. Smith. For what it's worth, before I went to Mizzou, now I like Alden Smith. I despised Alden Smith because he would <laughs> torment the Seahawks on the 49ers defense. He was so good. So credit to him. But oh, Speaking boy, of tormenting the Seahawks, the Seahawks got tormented in this Super Bowl uh, in 2015. Oh. Super Bowl 49. This is one offensive tackle. Justin Britt. Just Justin Britt, yeah. That is correct. And the last one, 
before Nick Bolton these last two years in 2022 for the Los and Angeles the Rams. And yeah, that is correct. You guys did great this oh, week. We killed that. I apologize for saying Mike Jones. It is late. <laughs> All right. Dirty birds of the weekend. Uh, my dirty bird goes to the Kansas Jayhawks club hockey team. Got Wally. What is it? Uh, Wally Pipped. Wally Pipped. Molly Wopped. Molly Wopped. That's the correct Wally term. Millie Rock? Uh, Molly, they got Molly Wopped. Uh, it's when someone takes your shirt and puts it over your head and then punches you. And that's what the uh, Mizzou club men's that happened, hockey team did. That to happened Kansas, to you a lot as a winning kid, Kenny. 12 to 7 on Sunday. That was our Super Bowl. Our Super Bowl was this one winning the MACHA championship. Beautiful for the Tigers, Dirty Birds of Kansas. Kansas keeps beating us in fake sports like basketball. We beat them in real sports like esports uh, and club hockey. So. I, I'm ne- I'm like not a huge I feel bad I should be more of a club hockey follower from Mizzou but I swear every time they play Kansas Mizzou wins like I would like to know what the all-time series record is because I feel like it's heavily in favor they molly the Tigers. shout out to Sean Wally Pippum um my dirty bird we touched on this earlier is the Seahawks for hiring Ryan Grubb not sure what that was all about but Good for you guys, I guess. Ryan Grubb, who has never called plays at the NFL level, is just going to go and do it now. Um, Don't worry. Maybe they'll draft Michael Penix. Uh, maybe they'll be uh, changing coaching staff in two years. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw my two cents in here just because it, it, it feels quite funny that, like, it's a lot of my teams intersecting. I cover Alabama, so I have to, you know, write about Ryan Grubb leaving. Obviously, do Mizzou, so the Kirby Moore news emerged. And then I am a Seahawks fan, so Peyton, your uh, words about Ryan Grubb and being unproven resonate with me greatly. I'm nervous but intrigued to see what happens. I like Michael Penix, and I feel like now with Ryan Grubb coming in, it feels like the Seahawks are like probably going to try and draft him, I would I would think. Um, and he's a lefty, so I'll, I'll take it. But, yeah, it's just been very funny watching everything intersect. I have, like, three different perspectives I have to consider of being, like, Nervous as a Seahawks fan, even more nervous as a Mizzou fan if Kirby Moore goes to Alabama, and then just like I don't know, have to do more work because a coach left Alabama. So, a lot of things, a lot of things going on. Um, my dirty bird of the week, I'm making up for a lack of mid-major Monday in the betting with the mid-major Monday. Shout out from over the weekend. In general, you've really skipped out on that recently. I have. I'm going back to actual birds. This is an actual bird. My Dirty Bird of the Week, mid-major basketball, Youngstown State, the Penguins, in a huge clash, guys, in the Horizon League, one of my favorite leagues in college basketball, with the Green Bay Phoenix. Uh, And Green Bay won on a buzzer beater. Apparently, they didn't have their best player. Uh, Green Bay is at the top of the Horizon League. Keep an eye on the Phoenix for March Madness. They took down the Penguins at home. Youngstown State, for that, you are my Dirty Bird, because you're not going dancing, I don't think, now. Of one of the most uh unbelievable turnarounds in D1. I mean, last year Green Bay went like 2 and 29 or something. Yeah, they're they're so, really uh, bad. Yeah, so they're back rocking the Resch Center. But uh yeah, good Resch, is that is that is that the arena? Yeah, the Resch Center because that's <laughs> where shot. Wisconsin uh Wisconsin high school girls basketball tournament also culminates in the Resch Center. I and that's Peyton's, Peyton's job. Yeah, yeah, shout out. Yeah, so they might make the tournament. Uh, anyway, what's that next segment? Oh, 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 oh. What time is it, Nolan? What time is it, Nolan? It's a two-man fraud show. It's Kenny, you're an honorable mentionable fraud. You know why? Because Kenny doesn't want to make me wake his mommy up. He doesn't want to wake too late. Kenny's a fraud. At number mute six me. this Don't week. Don't mute me. You're on the fraud rankings up next. Yeah, so hey, hey. Push. You don't get to touch the mute, Kenny, you fraud. We're going to start at number five. And we're going non-sports related. We're going with PETA, the organization known as PETA. They were caught up with three chicken wings. They got ratioed once again on Twitter. They are fraud number Number four. 
On the countdown, another Dirty Bird for you. It's Caitlin Clark, guys. <gasps> she had 31 points in three quarters. Couldn't take it more for the record in the fourth quarter. Had a big goose egg. A big hawk egg, if you will. Hawk eyes or like broad eyes. Caitlin Clark also not the only Dirty Bird from Iowa basketball today. Their head coach was very upset that they did not get to talk to the media first. Quote, this is P.S. music during our free throws. Play music during our free throws? Fraud, fraud throw is more like fraud fraud guy. Fraud, fraud Next, we're going back to the Super Bowl. Christian McCaffrey, you're getting singled out, buddy. Best running back in the in the league, and he's he's got the jitter. Not ready to play. His let's bring in another guy, Fran McCaffrey. Not related to Christian, but you can make a joke that he's Rod McCaffrey. Rod McCaffrey. For number two, we're going to send it to our correspondent Hans over in Germany. Hans? Oh, yes. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Jack. We Number two, we are going to the, the Bundesliga, the Bayern Munich. They are, they are supposedly the best team in the Bundesliga, but they are frauds. They lost to Bayern Leverkusen, the greatest team of all time. Jan Ritt Rules team. Bayern Leverkusen. Three. Try zero over Bayern. Not much. I've lost the German accent at the end of this. I'm tired. Oh Thank boy, I'm getting dizzy from all this headbanging. Fire Leverkusen. Super upbeat song. Oh my god, I'm seeing stars. Number one in the quad rankings. Did you think we were gonna let you off the hook, Body Niners? <laughs> Hell no. Ferrari Niners. Kyle Shanahan. He went for it on fourth and three earlier in the game, and it paid off with the touchdown. What happened in overtime, dude? You're inside the chain. Patrick Mahomes just went out on the sideline. Why are you not going for it? You're kicking a field goal with the guy that had a PAT blocked. Really foolish stuff. Ferrari Niners. You're well, the number one fraud. Kenny, number six fraud. Is the number one fraud. Freedom frauds. Fraud Vegas. There you go. I was just gonna say we'll bring the singing back next week. Uh, we'll we'll come up with songs. I know people like Kenny doing the the singing. I promise I will have a song next week for my frauds. Uh, because you know we want to please the people. But Ken Payton kind of did at the end there. Viva Fraud Vegas. Uh, Although you don't want to commit fraud in Las Vegas, they'll keep you there. Dude, oh, I gave myself a headache with all that headbang. <laughs> Thank you to seven. Hans, by the way. Hans over our 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 Leverkusen correspondent, Hans. He's um reporting. They're undefeated. They've I I like. I don't know. I think I was texting Kenny this. It, it is kind of unreal that we picked them as our team and and how great they've been. Like it's like a historical run they're on. It's very it's very funny that they're this good and we picked them as our show's team. Anyway, um, Kenny, what's our uh, what's our what's our ratio this week? It's a little it's a little personal, huh? Yeah, um, I guess you could say so. I, I don't know why it would be personal, but this ratio of the week goes out to Bally Sports Indiana for a post that uh, whoever was working that night posted on Saturday um, for the Pacers game against the New York Knicks saying, Bing reading bong, that like he doesn't know who they play. Hashtag Pacers with two graphics, one for Tyrese Halliburton and another for Miles Turner. Tyrese Halliburton, 22 points, three bounds, 12 assists. Miles Turner, 23 points, eight rebounds, and he went nine for nine from the field. Um, ended up getting to 148 likes, but there for a while, uh, more quote tweets, more replies than likes. And a lot of Knicks fans weren't happy with this individual saying bing bong mm, in the year 2024. There were also seven bookmarks. All I got to say is it worked, suckers. You know, I just got a bunch of uh, views for my uh, soon to be former employer. And I'm in your head, rent free. Uh, maybe I'll start paying rent because uh, I'm staying here for too long. <laughs> My favorite reply to Kenny's Bing Bong tweet was just the using Bing Bong in 2023, and it was the Shack in the Celtics uniform. One of those. If you go tweets. on, uh, if you go on your your phone, you can see there were a lot of uh, quote tweets with videos that we're not going to bring up on here that people with the same caption put, and then a video something gruesome or something oh, inappropriate people are not happy um, with me yeah not good um yeah good good job kenny Way to go out with the bang. My favorite tv series the today show kenny sent jack and i a photo of al roker nolton will not see it for another six days don't worry about it um but 
Wait, what? Guys, what's orange and sounds like a parrot? Uh, think hard. Don't overthink, but think. You you actually want to get some brain food for this, you know? Bird brain. I don't know. Bird brain. Orange and parrot. Okay. Uh, Kenny was closer. A carrot. Nazarene? A carrot. It's orange and sounds like a parrot. <laughs> All right, end the show. Wrap it up. <laughs> um, What's I that? Have people... Daily double? <laughs> should no, have people... I should have people guess in the comments how many wings Kenny ate today watching the Super Bowl, but I said it. And it's it was 20. It's 20. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, on the show, hope everyone enjoyed our, our delirious selves doing this. Uh, don't say we don't do things for the people. We record. After yeah, the I Super feel like Bowl I'm going to throw up now because I did all that hang head banging. So I hope yeah. you guys this episode. I met a new correspondent in Germany for you guys. So there you go. All right, well, in the show, hope everyone enjoyed. Um, put your thoughts on Mizzou men's basketball down below. Start suggesting uh, mid-major players they should go get in the portal. We'll happily heed any any recommendations and pass them along to the proper authorities. Um, with that, hope you enjoy your uh, men's hoops freeless week. I didn't say that right. We'll be back on a, uh, for a show for you guys Friday. Until then, have fun and safe week. See ya.